Hello and welcome to The Embargo, the only podcast that gives you the unvarnished truth about the world of technology public relations. Our aim is to go behind the headlines to tell you what's really going down and have a little fun in an industry that often takes itself too seriously. Every Thursday, we touch on the top PR headlines of the week, dissect the world of communications, and promise never to bore you with the details about which company announced what, unless, of course, we like the what. Today is Thursday, March 11th, 2021. I'm David Oro, and along with my co-host, Kevin Wolf, we're, let's start our show. We're going remote. We're going remote. We're going remote. Oh, we're going fully remote. We're starting with a hybrid model, but I think we'll end up going fully remote. I've been getting really into low alcohol aperitifs. Oh, are those the new Allbirds? She went to Austin. He's in Miami. They're doing van life. I've been trying to close this key hire for months. Mm, that guy's naked. That valuation was actually hilarious. They don't even have any users. We matched on Hinge. We moderated a room together on Clubhouse. Oh, he DM'd me about that viral Twitter thread on the future work. Remember when Suvla was closed? That was tragic. I thought the IPO was kind of a bold move, but good for them. I am freezing, by the way. How does he have time to tweet that much? I'm so cold. I mean, they're an angel investor. I just feel like it's a weird time to start a new job. It is freezing. I'm so sad we can't do South by this year. Yeah, I'm in the dispo beta. Wait, you're not? Oh, they're raising us back. He can't make it, it's deal season. Sorry, I just have to send this one Slack. I get one more f***ing LinkedIn notification. Slack down for you. Alex Toussaint, serverless, BC Twitter, test flight, Kubernetes, Substack, NFTs, distributed workforce. I'll be curious to see what Salesforce does. I'm just building in public. Influencer economy, creator economy, fashion economy. Silicon Valley's not going anywhere. I don't think SF is over. I have been DMing with the mayor of Miami. Well, that was Alexis Gay, and she tweeted that out this week. And I'm sad to say that I kind of understood that whole conversation, and I didn't want to be part of it, but that's San Francisco hanging out in the park for you. So, Kevin, welcome. We all need therapy. If if you heard that and you understood, like, any more than 60% of it, you need need (laughs) mental help. Yeah, we need some help. All right, we we got to... Good show today. We're on a little time constraint, and, and today we actually have a guest. Um, and you know, before I introduce her, I gotta a tell a, a quick little story because it's one of the best intros I've ever ever had in my whole life. I will never forget it. I'll be telling this story the day I die. Uh, back in 1999, um, I volunteered to help out on the media team for Burning Man. A buddy of mine said, "Show up down in uh, Hunter's Point, someplace in some." janky warehouse and their media mecca team is going to be there to uh have a meeting i didn't tell anybody that was there i was just going to show up with my friend because he told the media mecca team that he was going to be there he ended up flaking on me thank you son kim but i showed up to this place a little bit late and taking the 21 haze uh 21 uh no it's the fillmore all the way across town walked into this dingy warehouse went upstairs and a bunch of burning man folks just sitting around a table. I didn't know a soul. At the head of the table was our guest today. And I didn't know her then, but she looks at me and goes, and I'm standing in the store and there's like a little step that goes down. Everybody's looking about 15 people. She's got a little something in her hand. And right before she takes whatever in her hand and puts it into her mouth, she's like, who the fuck are you? And I look at her and I'm like, and then the whole room just stares at me and just you know, I'm just stunned. And I look at her back and go, I'm here to help. And she turns around and goes, then sit down. <laughs> and that was how my first meeting her. And we've been friends ever since. Her name is Candace Locklear. She's a partner and co-founder at Mighty PR, a little boutique agency in-house. And they're awesome folks. And Candace and Rebecca and June and all the partners there are great. We're, we're happy to have you on the show. Candace, welcome 
to the embargo. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Hey, do, you can you just, do you remember that? Who meeting? did you think? Who did you think Dave was? Like, did did he look I, like some, he was like coming in to, <laughs> to break up the room? Was he coming in to dispense advice? Like, well, who did you think he was? He definitely didn't fit in. He's like, who's this Asian guy for starters? You know, this is a white <laughs> festival. <laughs> and so I was just yeah. suspicious. But once he sort of talked about his PR creds, we were more than happy to have the talent come join the team. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it, it, that was a great experience. Um, you know, I, I didn't know what I was getting into. I, I had no idea the, um, the, the, the sophistication and the amount of media that actually came to Burning Man. And Candace and Jim Graham at the time, they ran a, a top-notch team. Like, I, I, if you want to meet media, hang out in media mecca at uh, Burning Man. I mean, there's like, what, what do you get, 100 journalists every year or something oh, like that? Oh, no, no. It, it My first year, which was 97, running the team, I think we had 40 registered journalists. And by 2002, there were easily 400. And it just has gone up from there. I mean, it's a lot of documentarians as well, but it's anywhere from US News and World Report which and CNN, which actually came in 97. Wired always comes, CNET always comes, but you know, even Fortune Magazine was showing up in the late 90s. Yeah, I got to do an interview uh, that, that year with the local Sacramento station. And uh, it was a TV show. And uh, uh, Apparently, uh, that interview got picked up by CNN, so myself was on CNN as well. On Burning Man, it was good fun. Yeah. Cool. I think, I think Fortune was probably just there for the uh, marijuana-infused gummy rings. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure those guys are all stoners. That's a hunch, but you, you you'd be fairly accurate about that. Um, but they're also hunting down startup CEOs, which were starting to come to the event in droves in, in the 2000s. And, they knew they could get a hot interview. So, you know, sadly, my, my last time there was it was in '99 because I had moved to Asia, and I flew back to be part of the media team there. And uh, uh, I haven't been since. Sucks, but that it it changed afterwards. I mean, you know, I, I first went in '96, um, and and then afterwards it just turned into this massive thing, which is still awesome. And mm-hmm. wish I could go back. We'll see if it happens this year or not. So, yeah. Um, you know, and Candace also, Kevin, is yeah. a, 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 was when I came back from Asia, she was the reason she helped me get my first job back, which was a contract gig at, at a place called Open Wave, which is more affectionately known as Open Grave. Um, they were the former <laughs> uh, phone.com folks. But Candace went on maternity leave and I went and filled in for her while she was on maternity. And that's been like my third or fourth uh, um, gig helping out women who are popping out babies. Candace was the first, and there was another one in Ironport. You're saying that's then, like a cottage industry. Like, this is a little I, I, niche. You just follow pregnant women out of the hospital, and you're like, what, we, what kind of we, work do you do? Can I pitch in for you? That's Kevin, Kevin we talked about this a few years ago, a long huh? time ago. Yeah. And I told you about it. I said, I got, you know, I did this for Open Wave, I did it for Ironport. I just did it for Docker, by the way, mm-hmm. another maternity leave for seven months. Hmm. remember we said you know what we should start maternitypr.com a couple dads <laughs> right because there's a bunch of women that lit that, that work in pr and you know sooner or later they're gonna have a baby and we can help them out they don't want to lose their job and we don't want their job we just want to help them out well they go yeah, do this i, I think that's a, you're like a pr nanny <laughs> that should be the name of the business pr nanny hmm. yeah. it's just spit on here 
All right, Candace, we're, we're happy to have you on the show. You, you want to say anything about yourself or anything like that? And, you know, Mighty's kicking ass, apparently. Let's so. cut straight to the Q&A, Dave. Okay, <laughs> let's go to that then. <laughs> so we're on to the big pitch, our big PR topic of the week. What the hell are we talking about, Kevin? Are we talking about anything you want? Um, <laughs> You know, you know me, I got all kinds of ideas. Uh, I want to play a couple of games. I have this game to, I've, I've been feeling kind of stressed lately. Uh, I want to, I want to play this game where like, I'm going to throw like PR stuff at you guys. And you have to tell me like immediately what that registers on your stress level. So like, like Candace, I'll be like client phone, your phone's ringing. It's like six 30 on a Tuesday morning and it's a client. Like what's your stress level when you see that call come in? One is oh, low, 10 is high. <laughs> Uh, 10, it's a 10 through the roof. If they're come, calling, first of all, if they're calling, that's an issue. And at that hour, it's definitely a problem. So, yeah. Dave, you got to write a press release. It's Thursday afternoon. No, it's Friday morning. You got to get that. You got to get that shit done this week. Where are you at? Uh, it's due that day. It's due that day. Where's your stress <laughs> level? Can you bang it out? Do you, can, do you have it in you to like get through? Maybe it's like late morning Friday and you're like, I just want to shut down. Where you at? Like this happens to all of us. Where you at stress? I'm level? shutting down on Thursday, bro. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So the stress level gets a little high. Hopefully I'm comfortable with the content and can whip it out pretty quick. You know, um, uh, it's a one word answer, Dave. What, what's your, what's your number? Where are you at? It's, one, it's, low, it's, 10, like, it, 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 it's like a eight or nine. Yeah. Eight or nine. Usually. Okay. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. See, I, yeah. I, I think mental health, you know, we, this is like, you know, I was looking at this just because I was curious, like, you know, public relations always ranks on the list of like the most stressful jobs, right? And I mean, I, I, I've seen that. I, I feel stressed. I mean, the last year, like how, how could you not? But I do think like, and this is what I'm, I'm going to, this is a long segue, Dave, to this kind of uh, the big pitch for this week, which, you know, I think has to do with like what's happening in the PR world and and how it's changing and, and how we're all feeling. But like, I do think the last year has been, has been more challenging uh, in terms of doing this job. And I was curious to get Candace's take on that. Candace, what do you think? I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, it, it, it has changed a lot in the 25 years I've been doing it, but it's, there are less and less publications to pitch. So media relations which is also known as earned media is really becoming less of a focus for, for all these companies. And I would say what's taking its place is owned media, which is basically your social channels and firing those up and making sure you have cool things to say about your company um, and, and every path that you've developed. So, so you got to do both. I, I, so do you, I, I, I always take this stuff like to, existentially or whatever but like if it feels to me like when we do that and we do this owned media thing like we're just interested mm -hmm. in like our own echo chamber like forget about right. the public discourse we're not like hey i'm going to put this idea out to a reporter they're an objective party mm -hmm. they're going to decide where they want to cover it it's going to be kind of out there and, and it's almost it's it's been filtered like by like hey is this legit is this something worth talking about is this something people should care about we do the own media thing and it's just like look at me like what i have to say is important like, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I feel like that's like a like social media really got that, that vibe going. Mm -hmm. Dave, what do you think? It's true. Uh, you know, so I don't know when I started doing this and, and uh, you know, if you, people are always going to pay for media relations, right. And a lot for a lot of communicators, 
it's the hard part, right? And I think Kevin, you, I, and I know you, Candace, love the media relations part of it, right? Getting to know uh, journalists, working with them on stories and helping them out. Uh, but I think the mix where PR is headed now, all of that is owned, earned, um, and paid is going to be part of the mix, right? Yeah. And, and I think for folks that have been in the industry for us in a while, that, that shift, the, the easiest part is the own part, right? So we can write a content, we can place a blog. The paid part, it's just not in our, it's just not in us. Like we're not advertisers, right? We, we never pay for nothing. You pay us, right? And I'm not going to pay somebody to do it, but it's actually an important part of it because, it, because there's less journalists now. You have to allocate some budget to being on one of these places that are allowing you to be paid, whether it's like Forbes or the Wall Street Journal or anybody who's taking your money to let you be on their website and show content. I, I don't think there, there's anything wrong with that. I really don't, at least in, to, in, in the way we view media today. I've had it cross my mind where like a, a, a publication, some obscure publication was like, hey, you know, we'll publish your client's byline article or whatever, but you've got to pay us. And it's crossed my mind like, well, that's not such a bad thing. I mean, like who can tell these days? Forbes does it, right? You join those Forbes tech councils. I mean, that's such a cash grab, right? We're just like paying for the ability to, you know, to use their real estate. Um, I, I don't see what the difference is. I, I, it, I do think it should be kind of clear, but again, like it's the internet, you know, I don't know if anybody can tell. Well, can you, all right. So PR people can tell business executives yeah. who marketing executives who release those budgets can tell, do the executives know, right? Do they care? <laughs> do, do they, they care? care? When you read, do when you see an article on Forbes and you click on it and you're like, that's a Forbes tech council article. I'm not instantly like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, this is meaningless. It's just a promotion. Like, it's been some, you know, it's, it's been filtered a little bit. Um, but I, I just, I think it's like, it's a hit on Forbes. And if my client is going to pay for that, yeah. willing to pay for that, I, I think nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I just unpack some of that. What do you think? <laughs> Let me unpack some of that. I think it's fine as long as it's balanced, you know, and it's all about, it is an SEO game. Absolutely. And it's not always obvious, but it's sponsored content. When you go to Google, it, you are looking for Forbes.com, but you can't just eat out on that all the time. I think you have to have a blend. Um, and I'll, I just wonder, you know, will there be a pendulum swing back to more valued media relations? I mean, I, I see, I see that it's still highly valued. It depends on you know, where the executives, what age group they're in, I think, you know, millennial CEOs of which there are plenty don't really care so much if they're in the New York Times, they just don't, their readership's not there either. Um, it's really about having the right influencers on Instagram hawking your product. So that's a whole, I think that's where a lot of the emphasis is, is on social and influencers and making sure, you know, your, your product or services are being woven into other types of content and conversations. So Candace, uh, how much a of a shift have you seen in that in terms of like media relations? Cause I still got a lot of people coming to me and like, get me in the news, get some coverage for yeah. it. And, you know, can you handle a little bit of social media? Yeah. Um, but you know, I work in enterprise tech when, you know, there's, there's some influencers there, but it's not like I'm not going to go after LeBron James or Demi mm -hmm. Lovato to hawk, you know, some juice or something like that. I mean, how much shift have you seen in terms of the PR practice actually influencing influencers tremendous almost all of our clients and we do mostly consumer tech 
work. Um, a lot of them are on TikTok. They're every one of them are on Instagram, um, and and of course there's Twitter. But it's really about Instagram influencers. That's pretty important. So almost everybody needs to have a, a, a play there if you're in consumer tech. So yeah, I mean that's just. I mean, I'm not surprised, but it's just so disappointing. Right? Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> why? I mean, why are you disappointed? That's where we're at. That's where we're at. Really, like I've got to. I got to find out about the new. I got to be influenced to eat the new Doritos because some kid was hawking it in a TikTok video. I, I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'd rather. Too old, Kevin. That's why. I, I, wait, 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 I guess wait, wait, I am. I, I think yeah. you're right. Shit. Yeah. I think I think Makes you're it. right. But I, I just, I, I I'm so. I like Dave. I, I do more enterprise businessy stuff, so I, I really just yeah. don't even get involved. But. I, I don't know. I, is, so you're on TikTok then, Candace? Like you're Oh yeah, I stuff? spend a good two hours a night on TikTok. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is yeah. incredible. It's inspiring. Uh, I mean, it, the algorithm is um, just so shit hot. It knows you. It serves up exactly what you want. Uh, you get a, and it's unfiltered. That's the best part of it. Like I am a single mom and there are plenty of other single moms and dads talking about, you know, whatever their deal is. And you, you don't feel alone, especially during a pandemic, you know, there are other people out there like you sharing their experiences that plus an extremely um, huge amount of funny people. And I laugh a lot when I'm looking at TikTok. Also, the dances are fun and you stay up on the trends and the lingo. And so if you like pop culture, which I think a lot of PR people naturally do, hmm. you kind of need to have a grip on what's going on in TikTok. Well, Ke Kevin, uh, you're just bored. Candace is hip and cool. And I, I want to uh, explore that. Wait, you made an interesting <laughs> point there. You're saying that there's a relationship between PR, people like who do PR and like pop culture. Did you just say that? I certainly did. What does yeah. that mean? I got to understand that better. <laughs> I mean, you, can, you need to understand the zeitgeist. You know, you if you're pitching stories, you have to attach your client's news to market level trends. That's a no brainer. So you're not going to get all that from just reading the newspaper or watching TV news. I think you need to sort of have an ambient perspective by looking at all things around you. And, uh, you know, a service like TikTok is, is giving it to you from every angle. I got to get on TikTok. I've you never do. been on TikTok ever. It's I don't even amazing. Do it and let's talk about it later. We do a whole session on why you should be that. on TikTok. I love that. Dave, are you that, on TikTok? I have I have my wife and kids on TikTok. <laughs> uh, well, that's that. the other cool thing. Like my my kid, I have a 17-year-old daughter. She sends me like keto recipes or fun dances or just funny comedians. And that's a way of communicating and connecting with her and understanding her world. And we really can get into some cool conversations through the messaging client on TikTok. So if you need to relate to your kids, you know, go where they are. That's yeah, my kid, my kid is- I just ignore my kids, but go on. My, my kid is talking to me through Instagram and she's like, why don't you check it? I'm like, I'm not on Instagram that often, but I'm not that old. Uh, when you just, say that often, Dave, I'm gonna call you on that shit. I bet you're on there like half a dozen times a day. Yeah, we, no, eh, I, I, I know you, man. You I'm on the old that. platform. I'm on the old platform, Facebook. But even that, I you know, since the uh, yeah. since the election, I think I, it's a lot quieter. Um, it's creepy. Yeah. It's like the new yeah. MySpace. Yeah, you know? it's it's weird. I, it's not what it used to be, and you know, and that was before the election. Now it's like nobody wants to share anymore because. There's such bitterness going on. That's how I feel about it right now. That's true. So, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So um, 
Well, I, <laughs> I, I got uh, now you make me want to get on TikTok, Candace, and like I, yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't download the fucking app. Just do it. <laughs> okay? There you go. It's really easy. It take like twenty three minutes for your first F bomb. Well, okay. Well, since you're, <laughs> since 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 you're since you're such bleeding edge there, Candace, like. I haven't downloaded Clubhouse yet, but I hear you're a fan of that too. I wouldn't say a fan, hell no. Um, It's kind of a forcing function due to some of our VC clients and it's, you know, VC Twitter has shifted over to Clubhouse, let me tell you. Um, But yeah, and also some of my Burning Man friends are doing really interesting talks like, why aren't there black people at Burning Man? There, you know, there are hosted talks about all kinds of topics on Clubhouse and the audio format is, compelling. The UI is super clean and easy. Um, you know, Andreessen Horowitz, the VC firm that's invested in it, has even made so much of a stink about media relations themselves that they're, they're just direct, they're just creating their own channel. If you want news about A16Z, you got to go to Clubhouse. They're not talking to the New York Times anymore, and they've made a lot of noise about that. So there's some questions about, you know, is this a viable place to get information and share ideas versus traditional media? That's you know, you, and if you're in your PR, you got to need to understand what's going on there. So we, we, I want to hit on the Andreessen Horowitz and we've hit that in like la, uh, previous shows about yeah. them just basically saying F you to the media and creating right. their own stuff, you know, yeah. and they're in a position to do that, even though the media got them to where they needed to be. Yeah. What, 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 what's, what's your, what's your take on that? Do you think it's going to, you think it, can everybody do that? Do you think no they'll come way. back to the media? No, no. Yeah. This, is a, this is a VC who's at the top of the heap, undeniably. They have the privilege, capital P privilege, to do what they're doing. Not many others do. So I don't think it's going to shift the whole landscape. No way. It's influential. It's an interesting move, but it's certainly not sustainable for most of everybody else in the world. The end. Okay, so the, they, they need like folks like us, right, to continue to do PR for them is... What are you saying? Nobody's. They have a whole team of people. I mean, they hired Margaret, who was the you know founded out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've got PR on lock. (laughs) It's just interesting that they've done a 180 on it. To your point. Well, Uh, I'm talking. I guess I'm talking about all the other companies out there. Call us because you're you're not going to be able to pull off what they're doing. Uh, Andreessen Horowitz, that is. No, but what they have done, and I think this is legit, is shined a light on the value clubhouse can create you know and the conversations that might happen there again unfiltered um because the press is filtered and if anything we learned that through you know the reign of trump is that you can't really trust the media i I mean as someone who's been in this world for so long i actually started to believe that as well so that's why owned channels are interesting um and absolutely everything is spun press stories are spun that's what we do so uh, to get an actual view or, or a factual take, I think places like TikTok or Clubhouse where there's not a moderator is a compelling place to be right now. Well, that's, that's, go ahead, Kevin. I, I just threw up in my mouth. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't <laughs> wanna, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't th- this idea that it's better for there not to be an arbiter of what is valuable or true is offensive, I think. Like, I, I do not want to live in a world where mm-hmm. I don't know what is true when it comes to what's being reported in the media. And I, I don't want to be naive to believe that that doesn't already exist, but there's got to be some trusted media outlets out there. And, and if we've got to go to get our news from Clubhouse yeah. and right. from the Andreessen whatever Clubhouse, I, just kill me now. I, I really, I, I don't want to, that, that's not cool. I, I don't, yeah. It's not right. It's not healthy. It's not real. 
it's just i don't think i don't yeah and it's not that's not to say that this is the only approach i think it's a blended approach and i do yeah. believe that i mean that's a nice segue into our next topic around transactional pr um we absolutely work with reporters on feature stories that take weeks to to write and where research is conducted and multiple interviews um happen in order to get a, a really nice legit lengthy story that happens but um and I don't feel like we're half writing articles for press either, but that's kind of what a blog post is. I mean, you've got to provide all these assets and all the points and the images and the video so that stories can be written quickly. So it's, it's, I think it's, you're going multiple paths at once. Yeah. And, and I think that's the opportunity of PR, right? And I think, you know, media relations has, has used to be, you know, the bread and butter, particularly in PR, but if you go back and, look at the forefathers of PR, they were using everything. And press, the media was a big example of that because that was the channel. There they were newspapers and there was, you know, Walter Cronkite mm -hmm. on the, every night. And what's happening is, you know, over these last few years, you know, the result of tech is you have more avenues to do that. And so think about the, when the internet came out and everybody was on the web, hey, we got a website, we could do our own website. Then blogging came around like in the early 2000s, you know, uh, people made a bunch of killing on, on, on blogs because now I can self-publish and that's what we're doing. And mm -hmm. what's happened in the last decade is crazy in terms of social media and variations of that, whether it be beginning of Facebook and then 140 characters on Twitter. And then now TikTok where, you know, mm -hmm. I can get into the zeitgeist by watching dancing videos. Candace, thank you for that tip. <laughs> Um, and now, and then old school, what is almost old school, like, hey, let's all get on a conference call on Clubhouse and, you know, walk right on in and, and talk about it. What it really is, is another way to look at this is, you know, opportunities for public relations professionals, for brands, for individuals to get the word out about themselves. And that as communicators is something that we yeah. ought to be looking at and that's why that's why we're here that's why you're on clubhouse like as soon as it's on because it's like hey here's a possible platform for me for my clients for others right now I, i'm i'm taking a wait and see approach i probably should be there but you know and, and, I, and i've thought about it too i've thought about like what could i what clients of mine can go on there and yeah. host a room Candace, on clubhouse have you come across trash did you walk into a place that was just like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing here? And this is stupid. Yeah. How, I mean, well, what's it, how's security? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's most conversations. I mean, you come in midway, uh, you listen, and there is a lot of trash. It's hard to understand what's going to be relevant. Do you have patience for a 60 minute conversation? Maybe not. But on the flip, um, and this is what Clubhouse is really cool for. I listened to a Friday night podcast or a Clubhouse that had the mayors of San Francisco, Austin, and Miami on it. Uh -huh. talking about this outflux of tech from the Bay to Austin and Miami, these hotspots. That's where a lot of people are fleeing. And the mayors were on there talking about these issues. And it was fascinating. There were 6,000 people logged on to listen to this thing at five o'clock on a Friday night, you know? And so I think that is an interesting way in a forum to have a, a conversation. It was moderated, but you can also ping your question and it can be accepted. And so that keeps it interesting. That's also where, that's where the VCs are. That's where a lot of journalists are. So for our clients, which are mostly early stage startups, you kind of need to be where those, um, those players are. So that's the reason. You know, I, 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 I downloaded it, I got an invite, but what stopped me was that they wanted everybody in my contact list. 
I know. Pass that. Just do uh, it, man. Just give up all your data. Everybody knows everything about you. Everybody knows everything already. No bitching and moaning about that. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well I, might, I might have to get on there. Kevin, what do you want to say about transactional PR? This was one of those things that you were talking about uh, before and you, you brought it up. Yeah, I feel like I feel like maybe my experience is a little bit different than Candace's, right? So I think a lot of the work that I do um, is I don't see a lot of I don't see the journalists that I work with putting in a lot of time to report the stories that they cover about the companies that I introduce them to. And I don't know if that's a function of the companies that I work with or the media that I work with or the way, I'm not sure, but I do feel like I've got to do, my clients, I should say, really have to do a lot of the work behind the scenes to prepare the content that the media that I use, that I talk to use to write the stories that they write. And I, I feel like that speaks in part to this, this idea that I've had lately, this kind of this, how PR has morphed into being very transaction oriented, where almost automated in some ways, like you can produce a certain amount of content, you share it with a reporter and you get a story in the same way that you like slap some turkey between two pieces of bread and pop it in the oven with some cheese and melt it and you've got a, a sandwich. Like it's just very, I don't know, it's it's very baked. It's very, um, you know, like, like almost factory centric. And so I, I I feel like that's different than how kind of PR, I think it's how different than how it's perceived. I think it's different than how it was when I started doing this, you know, in, in the, in the mid nineties. So I, I was wondering what you guys thought, like, and Candace, you addressed it already. So maybe I'll pose it to Dave. Like, do you think that there's a, a transactional feel to the way that you work with media that is, that is different, that is new as compared to what you, the way you did it before? Um. I think it's a mix, honestly. I think uh, a lot of it is, I, I think reporting has changed a bit. Uh, they used to be able to, you know, used to get a reporter and you used to fly them out to wherever and they have a two or three page spread. And now it's just getting the news out there and they're turning stuff out. I mean, I know some reporters that are freelancers, but, you know, they're writing, you know, 400 word stories five times a day, <laughs> you know. And they get paid. They get paid by, by the story. Exactly. They get paid by the exactly. story, right? And so, fuck you yeah. and your transaction, Kevin. Like it, it is no, but that's the transaction, right? That's how it works. That's that makes my point. It's like I'm going to give you this piece of information. You're going to turn it into this piece of content. I'm going to give you this content. You turn it into that content. You get paid. I get paid. There, there isn't a lot of like relations going on it, it's you know it's a you know it's a very uh, informal relationship if any right it's it's very transactional it's very like give me what i need to move on to the next step and and that's the extent of it and i think that has to do with like the speed of the internet obviously but um i don't know people's like attention spans have changed uh you know back to tiktok if you will like it, it's just a different type of media that's being produced ultimately and and i feel like eventually like i could send this to a bot and the bot would create the same article that the reporter that i'm talking to and you, you know what i mean like i just i feel like it's become very i don't know transactional, transactional. What you're saying. Yeah. yeah it's transactional yeah, yeah and, and i think it may be in terms of like you know regular news reporting or if it's product news that just 
sort of, you know, fitting into an industry narrative. Yeah, it may be transactional, it may be short, it may be sweet, and it may be quick. Um, but I think, you know, there's, there's places, and I, this is why I said it was a mix. There, there's still journalists and there's still clients I'm working with where you're working on developing that relationship, helping you understand the news, helping you understand the story, um, getting them what they need. Uh, but those are rare, right? You know, um, usually if you're doing a big launch or you're bringing in somebody on board uh, or you're in an industry that is a little bit more complex, and has a lot of nuances, uh, then, then you spend those times in developing those less transactional relationships. But in the end, it's gonna be transactional uh, sooner or later, so. What do you think the percentage is, Candice? I mean, again, I feel like maybe we're coming at this from slightly different perspectives, but I would say to Dave's point, like my mix is probably like 75, 25, if I'm being generous of like relationships that I'm building versus deals that I'm getting done, so to speak. What do you think it is for you? Um, what, do you what do you mean relationships Just, versus deals? You know, like when you're trying to like, when you're pitching a story, like, yeah. you know, this kind of, what I described as this transactional nature where it's like, I've got this content, I'm gonna mm -hmm. give it to you, you're gonna crank out this 400 word article. I, I feel mm -hmm. like I do more of those deals, if you will, more of those transactions than I do of the nature where I'm like, really like kind of, developing a story with a reporter like there's back and forth there's a oh, lot of research yeah. there's a lot of interviews follow-up questions so on and so forth i think that makes up like 25 percent of the work that i'm doing i would say it's 50 50 for me i mean a lot of what we do is news but because the tech press primarily loathe writing the same story that six other outlets are going to write we work on a lot of exclusives you know yeah. and that's two 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 prong reason is to one is to get a unique angle out there, and you know you're making an agreement with the reporter when you when you broker that exclusive and a deeper story, you know, with more time for them to think it through, research and pen it. So um, and that that you know those stories can go a lot farther than a blip on TechCrunch. So so I would say you know half of it is transactional news, the short hits, but the other half has to be the deeper think pieces that are negotiated where the hand-holding is required, the time is required, the, you know, the, the, the deeper analysis goes does it, does it take a lot for you to sell that to a client? Like, I wanna be on TechCrunch, but you know what? You're gonna get a big, a longer piece than something yeah, that's not TechCrunch. Luckily, we work with serial entrepreneurs who hire us. It's, you know, so they get it already, uh, but we do have to educate. and. And I think, um, you know, once it happens, they understand the value of it. I mean, long gone are the days where, you know, I did PR for Oracle, you'd get 40 stories from a software release, you know, it didn't take much, but, um, and we run a lot of funding announcements for new, for new firms. And you're lucky if you get three or four hits, you know, it's, it's very different and you have to vary the angle to really guarantee that you're going to get decent coverage that actually is meaningful. So it's just, it's just, it's just very different. Yeah, and I, I'm hoping clients and companies and entrepreneurs and VCs hear that. I mean, it's, it is, it, it's a tougher and more measured approach, I think, in terms of getting mm -hmm. news out there these days, right? Before it'd be like, fuck, you're raising $10 million? Give it to me and we'll get like a dozen hits, right? Because <laughs> there's yeah. plenty of folks doing that. And right now it's... Now you need to raise 25 million. Maybe they even upped it up to 30 million before they even pay. They give you a one-liner in the summary, right? right. So it's true. Yeah. It's true.
Cool. All right. Um, I know Candace has to run. We don't want to keep her too much time, but we got to hit one more thing before we end up with the rep, the ever popular rep fire and refer. Kevin, you want to hit on one more thing? Or are we good here? Uh, no, man. I, I, I think we're, we're fine. I was going to ask, I, I, this is total, just like a random thought, but like you mentioned the exclusive thing. I deal a lot in exclusives too. I, I love mm-hmm. how like it's a, uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, Hey, I'm giving you exclusive. And like, they're like, I understand what you mean. Like it, there's like this, this secret language because like, sure they could, you could break the exclusive or they could like publish before the embargo lifts or something like that. But like, you've got this like agreement, this contract that you've entered into that's completely non-binding and that no one could ever enforce. And like, there's been nothing signed there've been no handshakes, but you've, it's like a wink wink thing. And I just wondered like, when like how that happened like with, with the rules of the exclusive like that's just such a random thing like people are not bound by these exclusives people are not bound by embargoes but like it's the honor system i guess that's what it is it's like the pr well, right. order honor system it's the relationship and it's trust like you don't stay in this business without developing trust and sure we make mistakes along the way but it's a two-way street i think that's what makes it work you are agreeing to get something unique to this reporter that's going to hopefully drive a lot of eyeballs and interest. And in return, um, you know, we feel like that we're going to get a decent, decent uh, uh, in-depth, you know, piece on whatever the news is. So I think it's, it's because it's such a mutual win-win and it's based on trust. It does work. Rare are the days when I have a reporter agree to an exclusive and then it never runs because that would just be breaking the trust. And a huge missed opportunity. And then, and then you don't want to work with them ever again. So I think that's why it, it holds. I think on the journalist side too, it's, you know, they get the unique thing. They may get some access. It may lead to other things. Yeah. And, you know, you right. develop those relationships over time. I mean, you know, reporters have all their reasons for why they want to take a meeting or pursue uh, an embargo. Either it's mm-hmm. like a new unique thing. They're going to be the first, right? And may, there may be some controversy to it. Or there's something broader. It's access to other things in the future right. that may that you may give them, or they may want to have. Are there so, other industries that have like uh, arrangements like that? Can you think of any other like comparison? You know, it's like if you went to a restaurant and you're like, "All right, look, you know, this this meat's not going to be undercooked," and they're like, "Okay, well, it won't be undercooked as long as you agree to you know whatever like to come again next week." Like it's this implicit understanding. Like we've entered into the, we entered into these agreements all the time. And I, I just, I think that's probably kind of a rare, a rare thing. I, I can't think of any other. Yeah. That, that, that's some insider PR stuff, Kevin. You shouldn't be yeah. explaining the secrets of how this world works. Okay. I'm, I'm just like, I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing shit out there. Dude. <laughs> I don't know what works. I'm just, I, the, this, I'm just, Throwing shit out there, man. What do you think? Is that just a crazy uh, idea? What do you, what, your- I, I, I think, you know, I mean, it, it runs across industries because there's a PR person across all those interest industries, right? You know, the White House is seeding stuff all the time. You know, mm-hmm. financial services is seeding stuff all the time. And, you know, damn well in fashion, they're doing the same thing, right? And making It's about access. It's about exclusivity. Um, and it's yeah. about different angles. And they're doing that across the board. But like, you know, if you're not in comms, that is just the weirdest thing, right? You know, like if you're an open source software developer, you're like, fuck you, 
you're only telling one person? Yeah. <laughs> right? Weird... Tell everybody. Tweet about it. You know, put it up on GitHub. Make it available. Right? But um, it's not the... It's, it's unique to us, I think. There you go. All right. That's it. That's all I had to say on the subject. Thank no, you. No more deep thought there. All right. All right. So, Candace, you're up for the most popular popular segment of the embargo, and that is called Rep, Fire, and Refer. But, David, you're missing the women in tech conversation. Oh, you! I, I, I asked if we wanted to talk about that. Nobody wanted to do that, and I'm, I'm cognizant of your time. You got a few okay. minutes. I can, I can take more? another a good eight minutes. Let's do it. All right, let's let's go to women in tech. All right, so yeah. uh, Kevin, you put did you put this up on here? You want to you want to set, set it up for us? Oh yeah, I did put it up here. I I think <laughs> there's I had I would say this. There have been a bunch of articles. This is uh, Women's History Month, I think, right, March? Mm-hmm. And there have been a bunch of articles in the tech press that I read over the last week that have called attention to the fact that there are so few women in technology and to the successes that many women have have had in the space and how to drive more women to it and and what so I mean I I think this is uh not obviously not a new topic I guess I I am surprised that um there haven't been uh, hasn't been a larger increase in the number of women getting into tech not just PR obviously but but uh tech proper if you will so I don't know I mean uh let's see how about this Candace you said you have a 17 year old daughter like does she have any interest in working in in tech no way Mm-mm. no why, why? <laughs> I, I think it's because it is too stressful um and it's just not her jam she's too young really to know I think what her jam is honestly but um but I would I would just say until there are more women at the c-suite and board level it's not going to change and it's a slow boat to turn around to get there um Furthermore, and we've heard this a lot during the pandemic, especially, there's not nearly enough support for childcare, you know, family leave, yeah. things of yeah. that nature. And so that pushes women out of the workforce. You, I mean, I, I don't, it's, I'm, I'm in awe of any woman who's in tech PR who has more than one child. You know, it's just incredible to me because you cannot have it all. I, I mean, I'm pretty strongly, fiercely believe in, you know, balancing work life and family life is very hard and you rarely feel good about um, doing, a, you know, a decent job at both. You're doing well in one and the other's going to suffer and you have to try, you know, really just go back and forth, giving the right kind of attention. And you never really feel that you're doing a great job at both. So it, the, the system's kind of broken. And I think that's why it's not happening. And until you have women in power who are changing policies, it's not going to change. Seems right. Dave, you've got, uh, you got a couple of girls. What do you think? Will they, uh, will they follow in your footsteps working in tech? Will they be, uh, you know, uh, I think, I think they're good. TikTok stars. I, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I don't want to make those predictions for them, you know, um, but Candace is right. Right. There's, there's gotta be some policy changes with regards to keeping women in the workforce or, um, giving leave that is appropriate for that for mm-hmm. to, to be able to raise families and I'm not just talking about leave for women but like men too like paternity yeah. leave is, is new to me right like you know that's mm-hmm. something that wasn't around in the 90s I don't think people just getting a few months uh, a few weeks off to help the mothers and their partners with that whole thing um, but uh, you know until that happens I, I'm I do love what what I am seeing though, there's a lot more attention to uh, uh, diversity and quality and inclusion. And it's mm-hmm. not just race-based. It, it is about women in the workforce. It's 
about people mm-hmm. of color. Um, and, you know, my God, this industry needs it, right? You know, it is like, seriously, we need to be promoting uh, both women and people of color. And, it, and I just, you know, hop down on any one of these, uh, anywhere in Silicon Valley. And it, it's pretty, pretty uh, monotonous. But, uh, you know, until those policies do change, and Candace is right, COVID is making a difference, right? Work from home will help out a lot, but that yeah. doesn't mean that there's still heck, it's hectic at home. So kudos to all the women out there working and raising kids. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Cool. Double kudos. All right. So I jumped the gun a little bit earlier. We're going back to rep fire and refer. Okay. This is the Royal version. Okay. Candace, you're up. You get to represent somebody. You get to fire somebody or you get to refer to them probably to me or Kevin, right? So you get to choose. I'm going to give you three names or three <laughs> subjects and you prep, fire or refer. I just say, dude, then, okay. th- because this is a Royal version, Candace uh, has to answer in a British accent. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll accept, we'll only yeah you got to do it in your British accent. This is the Royal version. <laughs> so rep, fire, refer, Meghan Markle, Queen Elizabeth or Princess Diana. Darling, tell us. Who? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so, um, I'm I'm not really sure. I, I got too much of a southern accent to try. But, so, um, so do I say who I want to represent of the three, and then who I want to fire of the three, and and who do you want to refer of the three? You don't have to go in that order. Yeah, right. and uh, w- you know this is. But you 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 can't choose two for you can't rep two people. You got to choose one for each yeah. thing. I would refer Princess Di. First of all, she's not on the planet anymore, so let somebody else handle her spirit. Okay, and immediately. <laughs> nice call. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Don't uh, deal in ghosts. Yeah. No. Dead no. people not good to. No ghosts. No, can't, yeah. can't do much for them. Not going to move that needle. Uh, fire. I'm going to fire the queen. Come on. Come. The things that she said in the press. Apparently, not down with it. And um, old school. So fire her. Over yeah. her. Yeah, fire the monarchy. Can't. Who has a monarchy? <laughs> what the hell are we talking about here? This is ridiculous. Give me a break. Says, says the American. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think Megan could use all the PR help she could get, honestly, if she's going to stay on this wor- in this world, especially in the U.S. So it'd be really cool and interesting to help her with her future PR challenges. I don't know if she's got PR challenges. She's going to be all, she's everywhere already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She did okay in the U.S., but if you hop over to the Daily Mail or the Sun in they, the U.K., they're smearing they, her. I mean, they ripped Morgan. her a new one. They, yeah, it was brutal. I mean, like, no wonder she's living in Montecito, right? You know, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> hanging out here. So, yeah. all right, um, that was rep fired and for Candace Lockwood. Thank you so much for being here today, and uh, it was great to have you on. And, uh, you know, we'd love to have you back in the near future. Yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself. So. Yeah, I did. And let's do a TikTok version, like download the app. <laughs> if you, want. you don't have to create any videos of your, you know, dancing with your daughters, although that would be cool. Um, so, so let's do it in six months. Yeah. Okay. We'll do it. We'll do a TikTok version of this and we'll get yeah. this out there on, <laughs> as soon as we create a great website and up our production values and, you know, right. go from there. All right, Kevin, thanks for being here. We are out of here, guys. Peace. All right. Thanks, you guys. Yeah. See you later.